This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 99. Ooh, one away from the big 100. In tonight's show, we talk about equity in EdTech, developing a computer science program, and why EdTech companies need to bring humility to the table. Probably a good lesson for all of us. All right, well, this is our third of 10 straight weeks of podcasts. And uh, no Christy tonight because, well, let me explain. And this is why I also feel like maybe I deserve an award for keeping the streak alive this time. Well, if any of you are following the news, uh, you know that the hurricane just hit Florida recently. And my wife uh, actually works in emergency response management. So she was deployed. Um, so it's just me and my son. And Thursday morning, uh, in the middle of the morning, late Wednesday night, uh, he decided to throw up. Yeah, he does this thing where, I don't know, I think it's just random because he actually was sick. But he seems to do that when my wife's not in town. So that's kind of convenient for her, not so good for me. But um, he's doing okay. But it's just been one of those things where I'm on my own here. And just doing the podcast feels like an accomplishment. So I'm going to take it that way, and I'm excited to be doing the show again. Sorry to be without Christy, but there was just no way I could schedule it, and it would work out for her and I this time. All right, as I said before, we are almost at 100 episodes, and we do have a big giveaway in plan that we're going to be announcing on next week's show, so stay tuned for that. I'm trying to bring back some of the old, uh, you know, the people from back in the day, Meredith and Matt, and I'm trying to get them to do a couple of segments with me for next week's show, so hopefully that'll work out. And if not, then next week will be 100, and then we'll do like a 100th anniversary special show or 100th episode special show, uh, the following one or something like that. Um, and then all you're going to have to do to, to win, and it's a pretty cool thing, all you're going to have to do to win is just tweet something out with an appropriate hashtag and a link that we give you to do and you'll be entered to win. And so you should have a pretty good chance of winning. Last time we've done some con- contests, it's not a huge number of people that get involved, so you should have some pretty good odds if you get involved. Um, and no featured segment tonight uh, you know, because of all the things. But again, this is the third week of 10 weeks, and I'm excited about that. And uh, let's go ahead and get started, as we always do, with that EdTech News Rundown. EdTech Magazine gives us some parts of a Q&A session with Layla Newland on how to build equitable computer science programs. Layla is the Managing Research Director for K-12 for Hanover Research, and one of the things she addresses is the question of if computer science should be a part of a general curricula or off on its own. And I think that's something that a lot of people are talking about right now as we try to put it into general curricula in a lot of places. And she believes that what we'll see down the road is that computer science is just going to be more of a part of the general curricula. But she does admit in saying that that there's just not a lot of research. Obviously, not a lot of people are doing that. And those that are, there just isn't enough data out there at this point. Other questions they ask revolve around how equitable one-to-one or BYOD or bring-your-own-device programs are. And she suggests really doing research to make sure that accessibility is at the forefront of these programs. Just because you give everyone a device, it doesn't mean that they all have the ability to access the internet at home or even just have a safe place to keep it. I mean, there could be a lot of things going on, so we have to keep that in mind. Um, there's a lot of those considerations and to take in, you know, like I said, to keep in mind, um, not everyone has that same level of accessibility, so just something to keep in mind. And finally, her best advice to anyone developing a computer science curriculum or program is really to look at the outcomes you hope to achieve, whether it's getting more students to take these classes in high school or just simply exposing more students to it. The ultimate way to judge success is to decide what 
the hoped or expected outcomes are. That's the only way to know if you're successful is to actually have something out there. And that's certainly true on a granular level in education, just as, as a, a lesson plan. You know, making sure measurable outcomes are there can make all the difference. So as I always recommend, you check this interview out if it's something that you're tackling at your school or district. And links will be on edtechweekly.show.com. They'll be up at some point. Again, I'm running behind on those, but we'll get it together. I, I believe that. I really, truly do. All right, our next story. EdTech Magazine is another one from EdTech Magazine, and it also deals with STEM. and explains how STEM can help launch students' futures. One of the main points of this story is that now, more than ever in our history, our schools are training students for careers that haven't even been invented yet, or certainly aren't in the mainstream. A somewhat frightening statistic this story relates is that 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 haven't even been invented yet. And while I have no idea how that would, how, how one would even come up with that number, I don't doubt it, as we do see so many things changing in our technology. But if that doesn't scare you and make you just want to hide in your house forever, because that's kind of how I feel about that, we can focus. How can we focus on helping our students get ready for that type of a world? And what it really comes down to is teaching our students how to solve problems and the computational skills necessary to solve those problems. So the methodologies of how to solve problems and also the skills to physically solve them. And we're going to need creative scientists and programmers that can solve problems together in groups, not just on their own coding with their headphones on. This is going to be a group project and people are going to need to work together. So we should be teaching all of those things to have our young people ready for the future jobs that are going to be waiting for them. Um, listen, if this isn't a cry for ending standardized tests, I don't know what is because clearly standardized tests are not the way to develop people rocketing into the future for careers that just aren't out there yet. That's just not what standardized tests do. So hopefully, hopefully this will help spur the end of that. All right, our next story, the Ed Surge On Air podcast, giving a shout out to some other podcasts as we often do, um, interviewed cultural anthropologist Mimi Ito, and she talked about how good intentions don't always mean equitable outcomes for Ed Tech. If this is something that you're interested in hearing, you should definitely check out the podcast I'll give some highlights from the show now, and one of them for me, and the most interesting thing for me was from her, you know, anthropologist perspective, is how people who are creating this ed tech are not as likely to have had the same experiences growing up as many of our students do. Now, hopefully this will be addressed as we continue to focus on making technology more equitable and more accessible across all populations. Although those intentions are good, it doesn't always end up being equitable, she says. And she gives just a simple example, Educational technologies that rely on streaming video, for example, seem like a really good idea. It's something that makes new kinds of learning resources available more widely, but it has the intended, unintended, sorry, and unfortunate consequence of marginalizing students who don't have access to streaming video. So they're even further behind in those things. So many things to consider here with EdTech and equity, and we're going to be battling this perhaps forever as the newest technologies take a while to be affordable and usable by all people, even if they ever are. But it's always something to consider. Just one or two students that may be out there that aren't going to have the same experience, and, and we certainly don't want those students to be in that position. So we got to be addressing those problems. All right, and our final story now, and given the previous three we've talked about today, I think it might be a pretty appropriate story here. The title of the Ed Surge article basically tells it all, Why Ed Tech Needs a Bit of Humility and Caution. Probably, like I said in the opening, uh, important for all of us to go through life 
in just about everything we do with a little humility and caution. And the best way to sum up this article is that teachers seem to be over ed tech companies simply guessing what they need and then going full speed ahead. And the article asserts that these ed tech companies should use some humility and realize that they may not have all the answers or know exactly what teachers need on their own. And yes, some ed tech companies hire teachers, but as we've heard in previous stories on this podcast too many times, it seems like they're hired after the company already has a mission and a service or a piece of software already sort of being developed and it's they already have a, sort of a plan. And that sounds like that's what needs to be addressed. Certainly having teachers involved at all is good and uh, I don't want that to stop happening, but maybe ed tech companies could take it a step further, slow down a little bit and actually work with teachers to create solutions um, for those teachers. Uh, the biggest roadblock to this, in my opinion, is just how fast ed tech is moving and how much money is being thrown at those ed tech companies with their foot on the gas. As long, if they're moving forward, they're getting paid. And I have advocated for this before, and I'm going to do it again now. We need more teachers to start their own companies that have the primary vision and primary mission of solving problems that they see in their field. Now, this happens, and some of the best companies that are wildly successful do this, but there's not enough of them. And I feel like we've said this many times as well, and Christy and I, we should totally get on this. Um, as we've said numerous times, but let's be honest. Oh, I don't like being honest about this, but it is enough of a challenge for me just to do a weekly podcast. So there is that. And uh, with that, though, we did finish the third of our 10-week challenge of 10 weeks of podcasts in a row. So we've gotten to number three, and we're going to keep it going. And with that, another episode of said has come to a close. So if you're interested in checking out the links to the past shows, future shows, whatever you're listening to this, edtechweeklyshow.com to get those. Uh, email us at edtechweekly at gmail.com. That's how we got Christy. She is the co-host of the show, simply through reaching out and wanting to be involved in the show. So if you feel like doing that, please do so. And hit up that subreddit at edtechweekly.reddit.com. We'll put some stories there and uh, I'm posting different things on different subreddits as well with my uh, Fort Tech Teachers username. All right, and speaking of at Four Tech Teachers, that's the Twitter handle at Four Tech Teachers or at Christian Warren. I just tweet out a lot of stories of ed tech stuff that's going on. So if you're interested in that, which I'm guessing you are because you listen to the podcast, follow me on Twitter. All right, as I said before, no featured segment. So that about does it for the show. And we will see you next time for the fourth of 10 straight weeks of podcasts.